With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in, everybody. Final hour of the Tuesday edition of Sharp Money, live from downtown Las Vegas, Bar Canada at the Deep. I'm Ben Wilson with Amal Shaw and Dustin Sweetelson. A lot to get to in our final hour. We'll give our plays of the night some more NBA college basketball breakdowns as well. But let's start with some college football and NFL talk. Robert Turbin, you hear college football on CBS Sports Network all year. Also Sirius XM NFL radio host, the former NFL running back. Joining us right now, Robert, great to have you on. It's a rare uh, off week for you calling the, the game series. We get toward the end of the uh, the season. But you've been calling a lot of Mountain West all year. So I want to start there. Battle of five and one teams in the conference. UNLV at Air Force. Falcons laying three at home. What do you make of uh, A, the resurgence for UNLV this year under a first-year head coach, and B, the recent struggles now out of Air Force? Yeah, you know what's interesting? UNLV, I thought, had a really good team last year, and they had that really strong start. But I got a chance to call one of their games last season at Utah State when they played there. They won that game, and I thought they looked really good. I thought they would win the division, you know, last year. You know, I thought they'd be Mountain West champions. Uh, but then, obviously, Brunsfield gets hurt, and, and they kind of have their downfall. But it's nice to see them uh, bounce back, you know, from, from that downfall last year and be in this position. Air Force was – the most surprising team for me this year because obviously they were, you know, undefeated all that time. They've lost two now. Um, and, you know, they're just playing uncharacteristic if you watch them right now, turning over the football. But it's going to be a heck of a game, and I'm really excited to watch both teams. It's good to see both of them at the top. You know, like I said, UNLV kind of bounced back from last year. And then with Air Force, the, the fact that they were even, you know, that they're even in this position with all their disadvantages, not being able to, uh, you know, tap into the NIL. Um, obviously, the transfer, uh, transfer portal doesn't really work in their favor. So that's why they were the most surprising team to me this year as well as they've been playing. Robert, when you look around the league, obviously the competition has just elevated over the last several years, but were you a little bit surprised by the move that Boise State made by firing Andy Avalos, who was at 5-5? Five and five. Boise sitting at 4-2 and two right now, still with a chance to get to the Mountain West Conference Championship game with Air Force and UNLV at 5-1 and one and Air Force, excuse me, and um, Fresno State at 4-2. and two. Well, I just thought the timing, you know, there's still, still some season left to go. I mean, sometimes programs want to get a head start as far as, you know, who their next coach is going to be so they can have a decision made early in the offseason. So that's why you'll see 
firings at this time. But, you know, I, I, yeah, but boys have been struggling this year, but I thought, you know, Avalos is a good coach. Um, but I was just surprised at the timing. Hey, what do you make of your alma mater's chances this week? Utah State three-point home dog getting now Boise State at home with the firing of Avalos. It's been an up-and-down year for the Aggies. It's 5-5, five 3-3 and five, three and three in league play, but a really interesting spot uh, now hosting Boise State off that firing. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's always exciting when we get a chance to play Boise, but it'll be interesting to see how Boise responds. You know, Utah State, they just have to remain focused and, and uh, you know, not concern themselves on the, the outside stuff that's going on with Boise State. They just got to lock in on winning a football game. But, you know, some teams, they respond very positively to a coach. I mean, even if we talk about the NFL, think about how the Raiders have responded now that Josh McDaniels is gone. So some programs in college, they do the same thing. They respond, but some don't, you know, when, when, when their head coach gets fired. So it'll be interesting to see how boys are responds. Robert, I want to switch gears, go to the National Football League. Last night, Buffalo really squanders an opportunity against a Denver team with four turnovers. When you watch Josh Allen as a former NFL running back, give me your assessment of how you see him as a quarterback, uh, and especially with the turnovers that have plagued him in six straight games in terms of throwing an INT. Well, it just feels like he's pressing sometimes and, and trying to make a play or force a play. That isn't there. And, you know, you, you can do that as a player when, you know, the, the offense is, is sort of centered really solely around you and uh, you feel like, you know, the success of the offense is kind of, on your shoulders, and that is how it is for, for most quarterbacks. But it was nice to see the Bills really lean on the run game last night. I think you saw the impact uh, that it could have. But still, Josh Allen just kind of presses uh, in certain moments, and that's why you see the turnovers, and that's why he's not playing as well right now. And Robert Turbin, former NFL running back, joining us right now at Robert J. Turbin, where you find him. Also, you hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio. And one of your former teams, you won a title with the Seattle Seahawks in a really interesting divisional rematch this week, going to L.A., taking on the Rams out of a bye with market money coming in toward L.A. We're at about a pick em here, so market thinks this is just a coin toss. How do you see the rematch playing out between the Seahawks and Rams? Yeah, this is a tough one uh, because, you know, I like Seattle. I've been high on Seattle all season long. I won't back down from, you know, what I, I've never told you guys. I hadn't had the opportunity to say it on these airwaves, but I thought at the start of the season, Seattle would win the NFC West and they would be in the NFC Championship game this year. That, that's what I said at the start of the season. So, you know, obviously there's a couple games this season that, you know, they could have won but didn't. And they were against, you know, the premier teams, you know, the – the Bengals, and then, you know, on the road at the Ravens. Those are teams I think that if you're going to truly be in championship contention, you know, you kind of got to win those, you know. Uh, and so, but I haven't backed out on my words. That's what I said at the start, and, I, and I'll still support it. But, you know, the Rams came in week one, kind of spanked Seattle, you know, on their home turf. You know, Seattle's a little bit of a different team right now, and I know that the Rams are getting healthy, but I think Seattle's going to be able to steal one on the road uh, this weekend, and when you talk about divisional games, you know, rarely do you see, especially in the NFC West, teams get swept 2-0 in a season. Usually they're able to split unless the team's really bad. And Seattle, not a bad team this year. So I think they found a way to bounce back, get a split, and uh, win the game out there in L.A.
Yeah, I like your call on that one against the Rams. Revenge spot there for the Seahawks. But I want to go back to your comments earlier about you thought this team would win the West and get to the NFC Championship game. Tell me a little bit more about what it is that you like about Seattle this year because they played the Niners for six halves last year. And if you look back upon it, they were dominant in probably five out of the six halves. What has really changed from your point of view in terms of the Hawks this year coming in against a very good Niners team in two weeks? Well, you got to start with the defense. The young guys really playing at a high level. Devin Witherspoon is coming as a rookie, and a lot of people see him as a potential defensive rookie of the year candidate and probably, you know, the best DB on the team right now. And that's with Tyreek Woolen, you know, on the other side. It's just the way that he plays. And so there's been an upgrade there. Jamal Adams has been a nice addition. He's missed some tackles out there, but he does bring the energy and the impact that I think elevates the defense. And then, you know, even before the trade, uh, that they made there with the uh, New York Giants. I thought uh, getting Jaron Reed back from the Green Bay Packers was a great addition on the inside of that defensive line. They really struggled in the run game last year, and they've been better. But, you know, I thought the onus was really going to be on, you know, whether or not Kenneth Walker III was going to take the next step as a runner or not this year. And the stats may not show it at all, but if you really watch him on tape, you can see he's a much better running back. He's much more patient uh, behind the line of scrimmage. He used to really try to press a lot more because he wanted those big runs all the time. But I think now he understands that, especially early in the game, those three- and four-yard gains are just as important as the game goes along throughout four quarters. And then you're able to break those big ones in the second half, and he really runs that way now. So he's taking the next step, and I thought, you know, obviously – you know, Smith would, you know, play similarly to the, the, the way that he did last year. Obviously, it's been a struggle. But those are my overall thoughts of why I thought so highly of the team. And looking already to the look-ahead spot, Thanksgiving night next week, San Francisco consensus four-point favorite at Seattle. We're previewing some NFL Week 11 right now with the former Seahawk running back Robert Turbin. Two amazing games on the card this week, both in primetime here, Robert. Let's go to Thursday night with your first big game of the week, that AFC North matchup between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Ravens are favorites just of over a field goal right now at home. So many, so many players banged up though on both really? sides. How do you? Uh, how do you? You're saying really on the uh, Baltimore three and a half? You expected yeah, this to be I, tighter? I'm surprised the Ravens are favored. I'm surprised, I'm surprised the Ravens are favored in this game, especially after the way that they lost last week. And, and, and obviously the Bengals lost uh, as well. The great comeback win by the Houston Texans. But I just, I don't know, overall I feel like the Bengals are the better team. The thing that uh, about the Ravens that, um, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, the, the reason why I don't think uh, they'll get past a team like the Bengals is because, their inability to close games in a fourth quarter. And uh, to me, that's where I, the Ravens were to do a lot of the pistol stuff and movement and fakes and all those things. But, you know, sometimes that, you know, single back formation or whatever, downhill runs, if you can have that in your offense, you need that in a fourth quarter in a four-minute drill when you're finishing games. The Ravens don't feel like they have that kind of style and that's why, for me, they can't run the ball when they have to run the ball. Um, they're, they're, it's going to be tough for them to close games in the playoffs, in my opinion. So I get the edge to the Bengals here. Robert, we got about 45 seconds remaining. The Miami Dolphins have dominated against inferior competition, but when they step up in class, they struggled. What's your take on Miami overall? Um, I, I, they're probably winning the division because the Bills uh, are, are falling off right now, but 
Uh, I think it remains to be seen. That'd be my answer. Just because, like you said, they haven't beat the good teams, the premier teams in the NFL. Um, so we can't dock them as, you know, division champions or a team that's going to be in the NFC Championship game this year. And he's Robert Turbin. Give him a follow at Robert J. Turbin. I have to tell you, Robert, you were part of my luckiest college football win this season. You were on the call for Duke-UConn. I had UConn plus 10 second half. I don't know if you remember that game of all. Yeah. You guys are calling it. Uh, you're probably just do. doing the garbage time. Phil, 41 nothing. UConn couldn't move the ball all day. <laughs> they score a miraculous touchdown with like 13 seconds left to cover the second half spread. So I wanted to say thank you, Robert. I give you at least like 8% of the credit for getting that bet home. That was easily my luckiest <laughs> my win best. all season. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. I do my best. I do my best. Uh, all right, guys. Take care. That's thank great. <laughs> it's one of those bets of all you win and you're like, all right, I'm not allowed to complain about any beat for like at least a month. I, I agree with you, right? Like there's certain players you get lucky on there was one I, I can't remember what it was now and i said yeah no business winning this one oh, it was the jets uh broncos i'd taken an in play in a bad number and they got lucky with that fumble return i said i can't complain about anything for another week or two now, that was like the classic just okay fade duke on a look ahead spot second half second half line i was totally wrong it was 41 nothing with two minutes left uconn drove the length of the field miraculously score you know so you win some and uh, and you lose some at least in certain bets. We talk about that. All right, we'll come back, continue our breakdowns. Let's go to the NBA next big night, the in-season tournaments. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on 
VSIN, the sports betting network. With so many games on the board, there's no better time to put the VSIN experts to work for you. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24 7 video access. Sign up today and get your first 30 days for only 19 bucks to see everything VSIN has to up your betting game. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up now. A fun final 45 minutes coming your way here on vsin Sharp Money. We'll visit with the former college basketball head coach, Matt McCall, in a little bit, about 15 minutes, getting his take on the big college basketball card for tonight. First mega card we've had of the season. But we get the return of the chaotic courts tonight in Wall, NBA in-season tournament, and the L.A. Clippers, who a lot of bettors are certainly thinking are uh, due to finally win tonight. Interesting. I don't know how you get there based on the stats so far, but Clippers getting uh, all the money to this point in one of the marquee games of the night at Denver. Yeah, well, right now you look at it. The Clippers have lost four in a row since James Harden's arrival. They've lost five in a row in total. So this team has really struggled at this point in time. Jamal Murray uh, out of the lineup uh, again for the Denver Nuggets in this matchup. You know, to me right now, when you look at this team, the Clippers, they've got some immense talent, but can you really bank on them? Can you believe in them? And that's the real challenge when I when I look at this team. It's hard to. It just doesn't make sense, that move. I didn't understand why they did it. It made no sense to me. What does James Harden bring that you don't have out of guys like um, Paul George and, of course, Kawhi Leonard? Uh, inconsistency. You've already got your own Mason on the team. And uh, uh, what's his name? Russell Westbrook. Guy lays more bricks than anybody. I mean, come on. I, they were fine. They didn't need to bring in a cancer like James Harden. Would you look at the the make the playoffs market? You know, as much as this is only a four game sample size, Clippers are minus one seventy, yes, plus one thirty five to miss, and have looked like a disaster in every sense of the world. Setting aside the game tonight, all could you make a case that if this continues to go south and we watch James Harden do what has done to every other team he's been a part of, plus one thirty five might not be around for all that much longer. Well, I think you leave him on the tarmac in another city, just like Pat Hayden did to uh, Lane Kiffin. That's the all-time <laughs> yeah. great move. I mean, why not do that to James Harden? Dude, we sit there and act like this guy's Michael Jordan. By the way, Dustin, remind me, how many uh, titles has he won? Uh, quick research, uh, zero. Zero, yeah. that's right. Yeah, no, I wasn't no. sure if it was zero or ten. Well, hang on. His jersey, though, is hanging from the rafters of a building. Yeah, it's just a, a strip, strip club. club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They haven't hung it up at the uh, the old Wells Fargo Center. I, I'm in, uh, surprised. Like Tempe. we've got F1 coming here in Vegas to uh, stir the economy and to boost it. I'm surprised the Atlanta Hawks, in benefit of the local economy, didn't bring him down there. Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. I, well, the fact that well they would lose him forever. Yeah, you come on, you know, you know very well. Yeah, well, but that, then you could, then you could cut him for conduct detrimental to the team and save all the money. Now that's next level thinking. Okay, hey man. I'm all well, again. no, I think you. I think you bring James Harden in when you're ready to blow up what your plan is, right? <laughs> he comes in, he messes everything up, and then you start over. Happened with Brooklyn. Well, I guess it started with him in Houston. Yeah. Brooklyn, and now Philly. Well, you go back to Oklahoma City, right? You didn't like coming off the bench. Everyone needs to date that dysfunctional person before you reassess what your goals are when it comes to finding the perfect partner. Well, I don't think and that's what James I, Harden is. No, I don't think you need to go through a James Harden situation in basketball or in dating life to figure out that there's other good people out there. I think you just realize, you go, James Harden is who he is. I don't need to date somebody who's dysfunctional to find somebody who's great. And I don't understand the affinity for this guy. I like the way the Clippers were constructed coming into the season. I did not have the same belief in them as other people did. Look, the Nuggets right now, 
their goal should be only to get through the season healthy. Jamal Murray's going to miss the rest of November with a hamstring issue. That's going to be a challenge for this team. But you look at MPJ, Aaron Gordon, uh, Contavious Caldwell, no hope Pope. He's done a solid job for this team. I, I like this team. Four and a half is not a bad number. I'm not going to play it tonight because it does feel like at some point the Clippers are going to break yeah. their string. Um, I still think, though, the Nuggets at home are a tough, tough out. By the way, uh, uh, Malone just signed, Mike Malone signed an extension yesterday with the Denver Nuggets. He is the fourth longest tenured coach in the NBA. That's Pretty a crazy. little bit shocking. When, yeah, when you think about it from that perspective, Nuggets opening six-point favorites were down to four and a half. Had Denver just wiped the floor with Houston over the weekend, I could more understand just the scheduling, the situational spot where yeah. you're you're selling at the peak of the market on Denver, who would have been nine and one, would have won five straight, buying low on a three and six Clipper team who's lost five straight, but with Houston, uh, Houston beating Denver, Houston has been shockingly frisky to start the year. Have to like Denver at least to bounce back, and I, I think you have to devalue that the whole proposition of okay, Clippers are uh, going to look a lot better in the game tonight. Four and a half again is the spread. How about Nikola Jokic since the injury to his point guard Jamal Murray? Triple doubles in all three games. Taking money tonight. I realize it's uh, maybe uh, somewhat of a square bear type play, but Jokic plus 115 now at DraftKings to record a triple double. And really, what you don't you don't question the points of the rebounds them all. It's all about can he find guys, set him up to score. Yeah, Ben, you t you said one of the points I was just going to make. Right, points and rebounds. You're comfortable and confident he's going to be able to get plus money price on whether he's going to get the assist or not. The Joker makes so many good passes that are not even necessarily like you know outside perimeter shots. It's interior passing in the low post where guys are able to have easier looks at a basket created by his ability to be a great passer as a big man. I mean, I think you have to almost go back to, you know, a guy like Arvita Sabonis to think about great, great big men passers. You know, Weber was a great passer out of the post. Timmy Duncan was obviously a fantastic all-around player, but the Joker is fantastic in terms of his ability to get other guys involved. Uh, MPJ, he's going to be a perimeter cutting to the basket. Aaron Gordon near the basket. Same type of situation. So I like this play at plus 115. Uh, look, taking uh, some money from plus 120 down to the plus 115. That whole line, uh, Dustin, about meeting the, the what the toxic person, I, I kind of feel like self-fulfilling prophecy. You just you just had to go there. Like you you really you really tried. To well, no, it's I. It's not that I find that I am the toxic person they oh, date before they figure oh, out what yeah. they want. I am James Harden. I, I am the fat guy who hangs I, out at the strip club all day. First of all, I mean a couple things. I've technically been to a strip club with Dustin. <laughs> I was there for about 10 minutes. Uh, uh, I left at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. I was with, wow. with three phone numbers. <laughs> he did good work. But no, did I don't think Dustin's work. as toxic as he presents himself to be. Yeah, come on, Dustin. Get out of here with that. Other marquee game tonight in the in season tournament. You talk about maybe buying the lack of cohesion for the LA Clippers. Are you buying the obvious improvements shown by Minnesota early in the season, who have gotten a huge market move because Minnesota at Golden State tonight, point guard Steph Curry is out that uh, just coming out here right knee sprain not expected to miss significant time according to the athletic sham Sharania, but will be out tonight so we've seen this go from warriors minus three updating my odd screen to now t wolves minus three pretty much market wide yeah absolutely you're seeing this number explode what a huge blow you know look steph took a shot the other night against um god i forgot who they were playing it, it, and I tell you what, um, he, he was just unbelievable in terms of what he's able to do for this team consistently. And him not being in the lineup is is a huge blow when you look at it. I mean, oh, it was against the Nuggets. The game um, a week ago Wednesday, 
I mean, he and now three off straight uh, three straight losses now yeah, for Golden State. This team is not in the same position without him in the lineup tonight. Now this is a back-to-back -back matchup, right? They played on Sunday. The T Wolves win that game 116-110. We saw a little bit of trash talking between Anthony Edwards and of course Draymond Green. And you know, remember, I don't know if you saw this, Dustin. He goes, Draymond Green goes, "What are you going to do about it?" I wish Anthony Edwards just absolutely just went full, just absolutely cocked up his arm and just tattooed him one in the face. Why do you want him to be out for the year with a broken jaw? That's a fair point, but I, oh, <laughs> he's not winning that fight. I get wanting to push back on wait Draymond. Minute, wait a minute, wait a second. Hold on, go ahead. He's not beating a fight over Draymond. Listen, in a fight, it's not necessarily about strength. It's about who gets the jump on whom. You get the jump on somebody, you're going to win the fight nine out of ten times. I'll tell you right now, you take any karate class, any boxing class, if a guy gets the positioning on you, gets the jump on you, you're going to win that fight. Draymond could take a hit. We're gonna find out. Just quick someone's throw, gonna quick, do it. At a, some quick, point. a quick throat shot. Gotta be He's gonna have a hard time breathing. A you take him out. You can't do a throat Boom, shot. But Groover, why not? You can't Throw do rip. a throat shot. That's like kicking people. You closed fist, punch him in the face. No, 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 throat no. no. You go, shot. You go throat shot. Boom! Right there. Boom. He's gasping for air, and that's when you cold clock him right <laughs> on the head. It's not a fight for life or death. It's on a basketball court. It's so good. Listen, let me tell you something. Nobody likes Draymond Green. Trust me. Adam Silver like, hey, uh, why don't we give him a $10 million bonus? I'm all shot. Big Krav Maga guy. Uh, you're, on, you're, on, you're on short money. Uh, would you Ka buy Ka in? Yeah. Kaji Kempo and Jits. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I had to make sure we got that in. So Minnesota now, 7-2 and two to start the year. The start, Anthony Edwards seems like he has taken another leap. It's a fun team to watch. Now 14-1 to one to win the West, seeing oh, them 7th on the odds. I'm not, so I'm not the saying West. they're winning the West. Stop, win I'm the just, West. I'm just saying. Well, what are we talking about? Win the Western part of Minnesota? <laughs> Come on, what are you talking Land about? Land of a thousand lakes. Yeah, take take all those lakes. Well, how, how high are we expecting this thing to go for Minnesota? Because the, okay. the hype, as I'm just, I've obviously been told, is getting out of control. Well, first of all, give the Dallas Mavericks a ton of credit. They're playing extremely well. Here's the question. When does the train derail in Dallas with Kyrie? Uh, they're playing extremely well, 8-2 and two so far. I'm not a believer in the Rockets at 6-3. and three. Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be a playoff team. This team, Shea Gilgis-Alwes, excuse me, SGA, and, of course, uh, Chet Holmgren doing a nice job. I like Sacramento. Go ahead. Big ro rookie of the year matchup, Chet versus, versus Wemby tonight. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I love Victor. I'm, there's nobody who's a bigger fan. Dude, I check the Spurs box scores every night. Like, this is Barry Bonds 1993. Every single night. The only thing that Victor kills me with his last game, seven turnovers. He, he might have a big game tonight. No Keldon Johnson or Trey Jones. He may just go crazy. He's got to get off the perimeter. He sits on the perimeter too much for me. He's got to do some things on the interior. I, I love that kid. I hope he turns into an absolute superstar. But, you know, the Lakers right now, um, I don't like the way they're playing consistently. They've got some good pieces. Uh, you know, they barely eke out a win against Portland. I don't know. You know, I just I, – I'm not a buyer in the in the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're playing well. It's the regular season. But I'm going to tell you right now, the road to the conference finals goes through. Denver. It does. I remember last year, New Orleans Pelicans were the one seed in the West into early December, and then things all went south. So we're early. We're nine games into the year. Big favorite, though, tonight, at least a big line move of six points now. Timberwolves length three at the Warriors. College basketball former coach Matt McCall stops by next to talk some college hoops. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine 
is an addictive chemical. We've talked about it throughout the show today on the Tuesday edition of Sharp Money. Great college basketball card. First real big card of the, of the year. We have three different top 25 versus top 25 matchups to help us break it all down. And then some. It's the former college basketball head coach, Matt McCall. You find his work now as an analyst for the field of 68 and NBC Sports. On the call tonight, the FAU Owls in business. 27-point favorites them all against Eastern Michigan. Uh, Matt, we'll set you up here on all the top 25 matchups. But first off, uh, how impressive have you been with the impressive have you been with the Owls so far? Have not uh, stepped, taken a step back at all since that final four run with a drubbing of Loyola Chicago opening night and you get to see him in person tonight yeah no question about it guys appreciate you having me on I, I think that you know that was just a business-like win to go on the road even though they say it's a neutral site the game was in Chicago uh, Dave Portnoy was a fantastic call on that call I don't know if you guys tuned into that game that was quite interesting but um, since to go on the road to, to win that game with all the expectations that are coming back on this team was super impressive and um, there is a buzz down here in South Florida, you know, really in terms of basketball that South Florida hasn't had since LeBron was with the Miami Heat. And I really believe that. Um, this place will be packed and sold out tonight. Um, and this team, like you said, they haven't missed a beat. There's just so much balance. They only lose one player off last year's team. That's Michael Forrest. They got everybody else back. And it just seems like someone different every single night can hurt you. You know, Vlad Golden had a monster game in the first game. He's also the guy that had the double-double versus Kansas State to go to the Final Four. Uh, just super impressive what Dusty May and his bunch has had and uh, calling these games is a lot of fun. There's only about 2,700 people in the stands, but they'll be loud. They'll be rocking, even though it's not great weather down here in South Florida. I know you guys probably find that hard to believe, uh, but it'll be a fun environment tonight. Uh, don't worry, those afternoon sun showers will pass. And by the way, thank God you got the personality you do. You're going to need it for this game. 28-point spread in this one. Uh, should be over pretty quickly. But I want to go big picture college basketball. Arizona gets a great road win at Duke, one of the toughest environments to win. In. Coach, can you just explain to people how difficult it is in college basketball to win on the road? I've always looked at statistically, you generally get about eight to, ten, eight to about 11 more free throws as a home team in terms of attempts because it seems like the refs don't realize that the road teams deserve calls too. Yeah, I wish I would have had that, that uh, whistle when I was at UMass. I probably would still be coaching and wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. Uh, I'm not sure I got those calls when I was at home. But you know what? I, I think it's just great for college basketball. You know, I was in the studio the other night uh, for Peacock, and we had two unbelievable games. Tennessee goes on the road and really kind of gives it to Wisconsin. Uh, the performance by Dalton Connect was just outstanding. And we also had Texas A&M and Ohio State. You know, Texas A&M goes on the road to play in a great environment at Ohio State. And you mentioned you alluded to the, the Duke-Arizona game. I mean, all three of those road teams on Friday night won those games. It's good for college basketball. I'm not saying neutral sites isn't good. But games like that is what our game needs. And to just have these teams, you know, I give these coaches a lot of credit for scheduling these games. You know, we get, we're going to see neutral site games tonight. No question about it. But there's just a different feel when you're playing on a neutral site than when you're playing in someone's actual arena. Here on Visa Chart Money, Matt McCall, former SoCon Coach of the Year at Chattanooga a few years ago, also formerly with UMass, joins us right now. And another coach who uh, was was pretty aggressive here, scheduling a true road game for tonight. One of our top 25 matchups was Marquette Shaka Smart. Golden Eagles go down to Champaign, Illinois, taking on Brad Underwood's Illinois Fighting Illini. Might be down uh, Tyler Kolek, the guard who's been banged up with an ankle. But a really good litmus test, right, Matt, so early in the season. What do you expect to see between Marquette and Illinois tonight in Champaign? 
Well, I mean, again, to, to those coaches' credit, for scheduling these games. Because there's a lot of coaches that won't do it. Uh, and they are, you know, if, if Tyler Cole is uh, not able to go or he's not able to be full strength, this is going to be a tough one for Marquette. Even though I got them winning the Big East this year, I think full health, um, their offense, you know, Shock will probably spend a lot of time in this offseason focusing on the defensive end of the floor. That was a time where they struggled last year. But offensively, there's spacing, there's ball movement, there's player movement, and it's so difficult to guard. But, you know, even though it didn't count, and we, we have these games that don't count, we get these high major teams going up against each other. I mean, Illinois knocked off Kansas, the number one team in the country. You can make a case for Purdue. I mean, they looked like the number one team in the country last night. Um, and with everything that they had back, it's hard not to pick them. Uh, but I just think if Tyler Cole is unable to go, man, it's, it's hard to, to pick against Illinois on their home floor. Matt, when you look at college basketball, Hunter Dickinson, great player at Michigan, transfers into Kansas because of NIL. From your perspective or coaches that you're friends with at some of these programs, how challenging is that? You wouldn't think a program like Michigan would lose a player that makes – it's not a lateral move. Obviously, Kansas one of the premier programs in college basketball. But just to retain and keep your guys on campus after you spent all that time recruiting them, and then a year or two later they might disappear and go to another program. It's constant re-recruiting of your roster. It, it, it never stops. I don't care if you're at Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, University of Florida, UMass, or Chattanooga. You're just always constantly having to re-recruit your players. And the relationship piece that you build with those players, that's what Dusty May has here at, at FAU. I mean, you can't tell me that every single high major school wasn't trying to get these kids to leave this place and take a big NIL check. There's no way. I mean, they're starting five. They're starting seven. Could have gone anywhere else in the country and gotten a pretty big payday. And they decided to stay here. And a lot of the reason they decided to stay here was because of the relationship that they have with their head coach. It's just constant re-recruiting. It's a a pain in the the ass, to call it like it is. Um, But it's it's what this game has become. It's what college athletics has become. And it's the world we live in. So you can spend time complaining and uh, moaning and growing about it, or you could just adapt and, you know, understand these are the times we're in. We're still coaching basketball. It's still a game. As serious as it is, we're basketball coaches. And the fact that we get to do that every single day, I think is big time. And I think the coaches that in, uh, adopt that mentality are beating their heads up against the wall less and the ones that are complaining about it. And, Matt, it makes where Kentucky is at as a program so interesting because you've still seen the head coach, John Calipari, go all in on this one-and-done mentality. Three of the starting five freshmen will see tonight with Kentucky a seven-point underdog against Kansas in that Champions Classic game in Chicago. But amidst the other revolving door and moving parts here of college hoops, you had mentioned earlier here in the segment, Tennessee, Texas A&M, how impressed you've been with them. Those two teams right now are power-ranked one and three in the odds board to win the SEC regular season championship with Kentucky number two at four to one. How do you assess Kentucky's odds just long-term this season as a team still viewed by the odds makers to have a legit shot to win the SEC? I mean, look, I, I like what Cal did. He got back to who he was. He got back to what has made him so successful in this business, and that's taking the best high school players in the country and creating a team. You know, he got away from that the last few years. He was taking more transfers. He did take a transfer in Trey Mitchell, ironically, who I coached in UMass a number of years ago. It seems like it was almost 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I think that he's gotten back to who he is. Let's take really, really talented young players, and he can coach them, and he can push them, and he can coach them hard, understanding they're only going to be there for one year. They're going to listen to it. You know, sometimes when you go out and you take five or six transfers, you know, and they may have been the man at that certain spot, they're 
are trying to be the man at this spot. This is their last go around. Uh, that's where, you know, issues can come into your locker room. You know, that's the thing about FAU. They don't have that, right? I mean, Dusty May took a couple transfers, but his roster is not made up of transfers. You got high school kids, you got a couple junior college players, a transfer here or there, and the team is, is special. Cal got back to who he is, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think Kentucky fans need to be happy about that. I don't think this Kentucky team is going to look tonight like it's going to look in February. I think in late February, they're competing for an SEC championship. I think that's how good those young guards are. You know, I thought the other night in the Ohio State game, I thought the same thing in the Wisconsin game. We got young guards that have only been in college for one year. If, if that, Kentucky's got guards that haven't been in college at all. It's going to take them time. But, man, you run into those Kentucky teams that had super talent. They not, may not have been peaking in November, which if you're a fan, you don't want your team to peak in November. You want your team peaking in February and March. You're absolutely right about that. By the way, that was a hell of a get in terms of Trey Mitchell out of New Jersey. That's a big-time player. And I know he's at his fourth school, but I always liked him a lot. His length, he's a good ball, he's a good ball player. Yeah, terrific offensive player. He can do a lot of different things. Pick and pop. He can really shoot. I think one of his best attributes is his ability to pass. I'm anxious to see what Kentucky does with him. You know, they got three seven-footers that haven't been cleared to play yet. Everyone keeps talking about Big Z from overseas, that this guy is the real, real deal. It'll be interesting to see if those guys do get cleared and then where do they play Trey. I think he's such a mismatch problem when you play him at the five because of his ability to play on the perimeter. I think defensively at the four, that's where Coach Calipari is going to have to make some decisions if he plays him there. But, yeah, he's an outstanding player. Um, you know, just just very gifted on the offensive end of the floor. I'm sure uh, Big Blue Nation is wishing they had uh, at least some or all of those pieces tonight against a Kansas team, one of the tallest in the country with the, the seven at two-setter, Hunter Dickerson, as former head coach Matt McCall. And now you see him on NBC Sports, ESPN Plus, field of 68 as a college basketball analyst. Kind enough to give him give us some time on one of his game days. Check him out on ESPN Plus tonight, Eastern Michigan and Florida Atlantic. Matt, thanks so much for the time. Can't thank you enough. Always enjoy, guys. Guys, I'm going to be out on your coast here starting tomorrow. I'm covering the Arizona tip-off for CBS. So if there's any good golf courses in Glendale, Arizona, please send them my way. Let's go. We, we've got the hookups for you. We'll send them your way. At Coach Matt McCall is where you find him as well. As we step aside, our final segment of Sharp Money comes up right after this. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHARP. The crown is yours. Back for the final time on Sharp Money, big thanks to our technical director, Matt Hicks, Sean McCollum, Reggie McKenzie, all hanging out, Bar Canada at the D, Dustin Sweetelson. We've had a lot of good mentions today, Dustin. I can't wait to see what the tabs you have to close because we've, we've gone in a lot of directions. No, we don't do – Ben, you don't watch the show. Since football started, we but don't we, do but, – but, 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 but we can always redo it. That's the thing. Also, I didn't know Reggie's last name was McKenzie. He's a former uh, Raiders GM. Yeah, yeah Raiders GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I appreciate him leaving that job to come over here to help us <laughs> It's open again, though. I, I think I'm going to apply. I mean, it can't be any worse than the way they've drafted, right? Hey, look, like, I, my application would say this. I'm not going to take Cleland Farrell. I'm not going to take Damon Arnett. You're hired. No, you just say, look, I know I don't have the experience, but I don't want the same paycheck. Give me a quarter of what they were making, and I'm good. And I bet you I'll get double the results. That's a fair argument, I mean, actually. Yeah, I get it. Well, Speaking of potential uh, changes in paychecks, have you, people are now saying uh, with the Texas A&M opening that there are all sorts of wild names being all thrown right. out there. Can we go over a few names? Do you have any names that you're like, that would be an interesting move? I told you Kirby Smart yesterday. You're okay. insane. Get out of here. I, listen, there's a rumor they're ready to offer him $20 to $30 million. Listen, the cult at College Station needs to come in with a big-time hire. They they don't realize they're going to have to put a, together an insane package. By the way, his buyout at Georgia – is like $90 million. Now, I don't know what it is for him to leave, but that's what if he were to be terminated. He played at Georgia. He's from Georgia. He's a legend in the state, and he has the market cornered. As soon as Nick Saban retires, he owns Alabama too. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I'd say this. I don't think their recruiting is what Alabama's was at its height. I think they were no, Yeah. But that's because Mark Richt was still at Georgia, and he had not closed off the borders. Well, that's fair, but I still see guys coming out of Georgia going to other places. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I don't think Dan okay. Campbell's going to College Station because he doesn't want to do recruiting. Recruiting is the reason why guys leave college. In terms of running a program, you want to be in college, you're in charge of everything. You get to hand-select the players in the NFL, right? You have a successful season. Now you wind up with the hardest schedules. You pick last in the draft or bottom near the end of the draft, so it's much more challenging. Free agency as well. Do you have, a, other than Kirby Smart, is there a name that you envision being realistic? I don't because there's a couple of factors involved. And this is the same problem with Texas. A&M has the arrogance that the Horns have. And Texas really, they're not as good as they think they are. They've had one national championship in 50 seasons. The problem in Texas and College Station and Austin and College Station are the same. They've got too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. 
That, that's the biggest issue, right? Like in Texas, you got Joe Jamail. At one point, when Red McCombs was still alive, you have so many of these people that are big money people. They're not used to listening to other people. They want to give their input. And it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And that now has led to us just throwing out names randomly. That was the pro football talk, I believe, was the, the source of the Dan Campbell. No, it's, not, it's more like a half-baked rumor, more than anything. But right now, Dan Campbell has the Lions to worry about. So He'd be great at recruiting. If he, if he, but why? why? Why do that if you don't have to? Sounds awful. It is awful. It's like, yeah. hey, you can have this job with you get a bonus if, you, if you're good at sales. Yeah, but then you have to do sales. Sales is hard. Imagine preparing for a game all week, and then on a Friday night, you have to take a helicopter to Poughkeepsie to go watch a uh, random three-star quarterback you're well, interested in. Well, you're going to lose your job if you're recruiting the Northeast at Texas A&M. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm saying from a, from a general standpoint. Of all the places in America you pick Poughkeepsie, <laughs> I, I, I just don't even know if there's been a three-star Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Poughkeepsie you guys don't want to know what goes on in my head during these shows. That, Holy that, cow. There's a lot of <laughs> There hasn't been a recruit out of the state of New York that's been decent in 20 years. Who was the last guy out of the state? Andre Williams, uh, Boston College. I was, Running back? Yeah. Uh, I was he gonna, was a I was gonna, when he got to the league. I was going to say Greg, Greg Paulus would, would have been my uh, – No, but so to your point, uh, my old job – My old job, we yeah. used to have a weekly conversation with Nick Saban. And every Thursday, he had the same routine. Come in from practice, shower, call three or four recruits, then do the hit with us. It was the same thing every Thursday, and I imagine he was doing that seven days a week. Come in from practice, shower, collect his thoughts, call four or five recruits, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, I remember yeah. Urban Meyer, they won the second national championship at Florida, and he was calling recruits from the locker room that night. I mean, he, he never stopped. took its toll. What's that? Never, it never stops. It never yeah. does, because look, when you think about this, I said this when Venables left to go to uh, Oklahoma. Dabo's going to fall off. What are they, five and four? Five and f uh, they're five and five. I think they're something like that, six and four, five and five. The bottom line is you want to compete at national championship levels, you've got to be able to deal with that. By the way, I like Dan Lanning's comments talking about not leaving, and uh, to me, he was smart to say that. Well, so let's, let's, we, let's have, we have the sound. Let's go to Dan Lanning, what he had to say about the AM job. Yeah, we talk about outside noise a lot in our program. Um, I guess the reality here is, one, you our, our, my name and uh, our program would never be in the, a topic of conversation for another school if, if we didn't have something here that everybody else wanted. And the reason we have something here uh, that everybody else wants, that's because of what our players, our coaches, the support that exists here at Oregon have created. I think I've been really, really clear here since day one. Uh, everything I want exists right here. I'm not going anywhere. There's zero chance that I would be coaching somewhere else. Um, I've got unfinished business here. There's a lot that I want to accomplish uh, here at Oregon. My number one priority is being elite um, here at Oregon and we have the resources the tools um, anybody that can't understand why you would want to be here at this place doesn't understand exactly what exists here and that's Dan Lanning he's got he's got the program down though if you ever wanted to go to the SEC I'll say that but you like the comments well because it's the first time in a long time I believe a coach when he says it I don't understand why people want to escape look Willie Taggart went back to Florida State because he had previously coached there but, um, you know, to me, I thought, it, listen, they benefited. They got rid of Willie Taggart, and they got rid of Mario Cristobal. That is a win for the University of Oregon. Dan Lanning is about 37 years old. To me, he's a guy who should not move on. This is a program you stay at. Eugene's a great place. You get a ton of talent from Southern California. Now you're going to be in the Big Ten. You can recruit some of the players that are in the Midwest that you want to potentially get. I think this is a great fit. If I'm Dan Lanning, I don't ever leave Eugene. I leave when they name this next stadium that they build after me. Uh, a few points. Why would he leave for A&M when he can have the Michigan or Alabama job when they open up? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, ask Chip Kelly. 
how he feels about leaving Oregon, if he wishes he can go back. Yeah, that's a really question. good point. You asked a good question. I, you brought up two good jobs. Let me ask you this, and, and I know you're going to disagree with me. Would you leave for Alabama and for Michigan immediately? I would not leave for Michigan. I think that is like in, in a Texas A&M level of delusion right I now. I agree. I don't think that program is what it thinks it is. Yes. And again, like A&M, too many cooks in the kitchen, too much fake like prestige and pride too. Like they're they're just a, an obnoxious fan base. I don't want to be a part of. Also, Alabama, I wouldn't do that because I don't think Alabama can handle a year where, like, let's say all your eggs are in the basket of a quarterback that gets hurt early and, like, you have to figure things out and you don't, you don't win a lot of games. I think at Oregon, they might be more tolerant of those things. I think they're 100% more tolerant. The other thing is in Alabama, you don't want to be the guy following the guy. Yeah. Right? Like, it, what, the expectation is national championship or bust. I'm with you. I think Michigan is delusional in terms of how they view their football program. I say this all the time, and it's not because I went to school at Ohio State, but the reality of it is, name me another program in all of sports that's won half a national championship in 75 years. And by the way, Nebraska would have beat them in 97 with Scott Frost and company. Forget that. But the point is, they get so much credit for what? They don't win anything. Also, you win the first, first national championship at Oregon versus winning one of a few championships at Alabama, the first one in a while at Michigan, but they still have a prestigious history. You're the guy who gets the ducks over the hump. That's a totally different story uh, in terms of college football history. I mean, think about this. Michigan's best coach in the last half century. You got to go back to like uh, back in the early days for them to have their great coaches. He never won a national championship. Bo Schembechler, right? Michigan man. They go, those who stay will be champions. What conference champions? Give me a break. Division, you left out division champions. They, they've definitely forced. Were they leaders or legends? The, I don't who remember. Who the hell cares? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Delaney deserved to be fired for that stupidity. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, we have leaders time for one more example. How about how about Jim Harbaugh, who suddenly seems like a like a comic at the at the uh, podium? Here's what he had to say on the state of the Wolverines heading into this week. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson. I would have to say. I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and you know critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And yeah, watching it from from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. Yeah, just like the Houston Astros are America's team. Are you kidding me? I, what is he drinking, the water in Flint? I, Amal, I literally watched the clip 10 times to make sure it wasn't like an AI robot parody. I did not think it was real the first nine times I watched it. I mean, this the guy's, guy's quoting delusional. Judge Judy now in press conferences. It's 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 wild. It's He's going to get to be Judge Judy now. He's going to get to go up there and take the stand and make his case. Yeah. yeah, the three America's teams right now, the Houston Astros, the New England Patriots, and the Michigan Wolverines. Sure. Yeah, okay. This has been a lot of fun. And whoever Sharp James money. Harden plays for. <laughs> James Harden plays for, absolutely. Uh, we're done here for Dustin for them all. I'm Ben. Visa Primetime is up next. It is Tim Murray and Mike Palm for the next three hours here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.